you know, there comes a point where you feel like you can only be so good working on it as a hobby. And at some point you're not going to get much better until you fully like jump in it with two feet. Hello and welcome to Building a Furniture Brand with Ethan Abramson, the show that talks about the business behind the furniture business. On this episode, I sit down with Jenny and Aaron, co-owners of the furniture company High Vibe Collective. Jenny and Aaron have gone through all the combinations of having their own furniture company, starting individually as a hobby then both part-time, then one going full-time until they were both able to turn the goal of working for themselves into a reality. But through it all, the one constant has been their adaptability. This attitude is what they apply to their workspace, their clients' needs, their own relationship, and to the business as a whole. So follow along as we talk about when to make the jump to full-time, sharing your vision with your clients, making the most out of your situation, and much more. So let's start the episode and hear about Jenny and Aaron's story in their own words. Well, I guess for me, my dad is a contractor, cabinet builder. I grew up with him constantly building things. We have a shop in the backyard and I grew up around it. So it's always been a very personal thing to me, I think. Um, I've always had a passion for interiors. And once I got old enough to have my own home, I loved decorating it. And then fast forward to when Aaron and I met, we moved in together. You know, we were young and broke. So it kind of started with us refinishing old pieces of furniture we had to then maybe building things. And that's just like a really quick rundown of how I have a passion for it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, when we very first started dating, like probably like 15 years ago, um, I just lived in a broke down kind of like it was like a teardown house. And so the landlord kind of let us do whatever we wanted to it. And there was a lot of potential. And I remember spending a summer kind of fixing it up and building out the backyard. And I didn't know what I was doing. Just like, I don't even think I had a power tool and, and just fixing the whole thing up and just remembering how gratifying that was. And that was kind of my first experience into woodworking in general. And then, you know, I, I didn't touch it for a long time until when we moved in together, like she had mentioned, um, just fixing up furniture or just trying to do stuff for around the house. And, and then, yeah, we just started kind of like building stuff at home. And then 2017 was the first real coffee table we ever made for ourselves. Uh And then from there, as everyone else, I feel like that started kind of like we did, it's like, then our friends wanted things and just slowly, but surely we started getting customers we'd never met before. Definitely self-taught. It's been great having Jenny's dad, uh, my my father-in-law, he lives in Louisiana though. So lots of phone calls whenever I don't know what I'm doing and, uh, you know, everything's just kind of been like a slow build up until this point. Everything's mm-hmm. been pretty all self-taught. Organic. Lots of YouTube tutorials. Lots, lots, <laughs> and lots of YouTube tutorials. Um, lots of pissed off neighbors from us working in the backyard. Yeah. <laughs> At one point, um, we were, you know, it was like right before the pandemic. 2019. Yeah, we were kind of like getting into it. And um, we were pretty much just, we had both full-time jobs. I was working as an art director at a 
marketing agency and then she was working in the wholesale fashion industry and we just kind of started doing it like throughout the weekends and you know once the pandemic hit there was like everything was out the window so we kept our jobs though yeah we kept our jobs I worked from home and he worked down the street in a private office so we were we kept our jobs so at that point during 2020 we we would just do it we would just build in our backyard on the weekends yeah and that's kind of like when it really took off we're just pretty much non-stop working at that time like instagram was kind of going crazy and i feel like we just kind of got a lot of traction from that but it's, it's come a long way eventually our neighbors finally like had enough and we we literally are working out of a storage unit now so like we have like one power outlet everything the is the challenges <laughs> of working in redondo beach or something right yeah yeah definitely california definitely has its uh financial or where we live in issues in this industry you both mentioned that you really had a personal connection with building whether from family or when you were younger and you were fixing up a home and you both really had that personal connection to making things and a lot of people have that but they keep it as a hobby they don't say i like doing this in my spare time i want to do this all the time i want to do this full time what was that conversation between the two of you like when you said we both love this we should do this full time and we should work towards that was there a defining moment for that or was it just a slow and steady build that one day you realized you wanted to do this more than corporate jobs i i mean i think it's a little bit of a combination you know like we it kind of started as a hobby and it was something we always wanted to do we always wanted this to become a business, but we just didn't really know what when to take the leap. And I feel like and how to and how to. And like I said, with the pandemic happening, all of our plans were out the window. And we we're just like, screw it. Let's just try to get this off the ground. And we did like that whole year. We were working like nonstop. And I feel like you know, there comes a point where you feel like you can only be so good working on it as a hobby. And at some point, you're not going to get much better until you fully like jump in it with two feet. And I think that year gave us the confidence and the traction to feel confident for me to leave my job. Well, in addition to it being 2020, when no one really knew what the hell was going to (laughs) happen, it was kind of like, well, life could end tomorrow. I don't know. Right. And yeah, so I think that year gave us the confidence for me to leave my job. And then the following year, Jane was able to leave her job. And it was just kind of one of those things where, you know, there is no good time. And there wasn't any like, it just kind of felt like if if we don't do it and just kind of jump off the ledge, then it's just not going to happen. And we're going to look back like five years, be at the same jobs that we're not happy at. And... Right. And it was not easy. It's It still isn't easy. But I think that, like Aaron said, when is there going to be a good time? And it is something we, through 2020, figured out that we really wanted to do it. And we gained a lot of confidence through that year. Yeah. Um, also, Especially being self-taught, you know, you you feel like there's so many better people than we are or whatever. And we gained a lot of confidence through that year. And we decided at the beginning of 2021, he would quit his job and 
that everyone probably thought we were nuts, but <laughs> we're still alive. Still, still not <laughs> sure if we're nuts, but um, so it was like a combo of deciding to to do it and make it a business, and then also working up to that point it wasn't just yeah it wasn't like we just did it for a hobby one day and then committed to it it was like we were doing both for at least a year and then we were doing it much more like a hobby before that but it was definitely 2020 year was insane like i don't think we hardly took any days off no. <laughs> it was like nuts but i've always had a goal of being self-employed i'm from the south my entire family owns their own businesses it's just a small town and that's more of a mentality where i'm from so moving here, I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm going to work in the corporate world and forever. Like this is, I didn't want that for mm -hmm. myself. And so it all just kind of worked out together. You get to make your own hours and sometimes that's good. And sometimes that's a, a scary situation to find yourself in. But when you are working for yourself, it's your workflow. So you're figuring out how you work best. And I completely understand what you're saying with that talking about working best and you kind of said this and it could have it could have been left in the dust but I feel like I heard you say you only have one outlet in your shop and I want to touch on that for a little bit because there is the business side as there's the social media and the marketing and there's all that that makes a business successful but for somebody who is building their own furniture like both of you the building part is also a part of the whole process so Let's talk about your shop and how you're working in it efficiently and also the hardship of finding a good shop in a space like yours or, or spaces like yours across the country where it's not commercial. There's not a lot of easy commercial spaces, but that's where you live. Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, this, living out here in, in the area we do in California, it's just everything is ridiculously expensive. And so it's like when you're starting a business like this. We didn't pick the best yeah, business in Southern California to have. So much overhead. <laughs> um, you know, you already have so much overhead between tools and materials. It, it's just, it's tough. And we were fortunate to find a, you know, 10 by 30 storage unit where they're happy with us to, to work out to of there, do whatever, yeah. but it has its challenges. You know, it's, um, there's one power outlet and it's on the outside of the unit. So lots of strategically placed power cords that also have to be plugged and unplugged to make sure you're not throwing out the, the power. Oh my gosh. In the beginning, we blew our power constantly trying to figure out what could be plugged in together and what couldn't. And we were at the mercy of the janitors there <laughs> to turn our power back on every time. It was real fun. Yeah, dust, co <laughs> dust collection is very difficult. Um, running any dust collection with a table saw, it will blow the power. So, you know, this isn't a, a long-term solution yeah. for our health, I would say. But we do try to keep our, our dust collection working the best we as can. As well as we can. Recently, I feel like, you know, the first couple of years, we weren't really sure what we were able to do to the to unit. the shop, to the unit. And, you know, by the third year, we're just like, screw it. We're we just gonna <laughs> we're gonna ask questions later. So I finally like set up a French cleat system, which has been life changing. It's crazy the little things like that, just being able like the to the organization of it has been huge. You really 
have to get efficient with organization. And Especially in up such the a small unit. Mm-hmm. Like we have a 10 by 30. It's like there's certain things I, I wish like we we don't have we can't really power a legit table saw. I have to work off a contractor saw, which when we're doing some more intricate higher end furniture that can be like really challenging to be accurate. You know, but everybody has their their own challenges and this this is kind of what what we've been able to make work. You know, we have everything on wheels. Everything's on wheels, so, so we can push in and out around but right. all of that. But you know, it's an it's an ever evolving thing and, and I think there is a it's a tough situation where you don't want to commit too much to making the shop exactly how you want, knowing that you're not gonna stay here for a whole long period of time. So it's about, you know, purchasing tools that will work here, but also work in another shop and doing things that work here for now, but not getting too invested in it, if that makes sense. It does make sense. And you are obviously making it work because if people look at the work that you've produced up to now, it doesn't seem like you have shortcomings in your shop. It seems like you can build expensive pieces, good looking pieces, quality pieces from where you're working out of. So you are obviously making the best of the situation. You've talked about Instagram and social media as a way that has grown your business and gotten you customers. Is there anything else that you've been doing to grow your customer base? Well, I mean, you know, for a while we were doing a lot of pop-ups. When we first started, we were literally doing small items, pop-ups, just trying to get stuff in people's hands, like little decor items and planters and items at good price points, just so we can get out there. You know, it's something that I think when people do larger items, they forget how important it is just to get something in someone's home because when they are ready to purchase something bigger, they're staring at your stuff in their home all day. So you're one of the first people they come to when they do decide maybe Mm -hmm. they do want something custom. So I think there's an importance to not letting go of some smaller items, at least when you're getting started to get your name out there. That's been really huge. I think that kind of got us a lot of traction in the beginning was, I mean, I think at one point where I can't tell you how many cutting boards we made (laughs) over the last like couple of years, you know, stuff like that's great because you can template it out. You can do big runs. You know, I think a big thing in woodworking the first time is very difficult. The second time is much, much easier. So if you can figure out things you can do to template and be able to do in batches, you can save a lot of time. Oh, yeah. And And going back to like spreading the word about our business, like he said, we did a lot of pop-ups and there was literally times at another pop-up, someone would walk by and they're like, oh my God, like I have one of those planners. And you know, that was just from someone gifting something they bought from us. And that happened a lot. And I think that in our, in the beginning phases of our business, really, really helped. But outside of that, we, it's really just social media for us. I mean, I think, you know, when we do bigger projects, um, especially when we get into like higher end furniture, interiors, the presentation, I work in SketchUp and do some like 3D modeling, being professional, organized. And I think having like what you're presenting in some form where people can see it it's like they know what they're getting. And I think that that's been like really important as far as when you start some of the higher end projects, 
people have trust in, in what they're getting. Mm -hmm. they, it's like, there's never any confusion when you're done. If you can show them like a mock, a good mock-up or, you know, and you present to them in a professional manner and you're prepared. I think that that's another way just to like give yourself credibility and, and, and ensure good business values. I don't even know if that's like, it's fine because that, that actually takes me into a, a, a good follow-up that I want to bring up. And that is how you are presenting yourself to clients because you're doing custom work and you're doing your own take on what they're asking. So it might be very clear to you in your mind and you see exactly how this piece is going to go, but you have to explain that to a client and they have to be able to sign off on it. So you don't put all this work into it. They don't put all this money into it. And at the end of the day, you have two diverging ideas. And when it's dropped off, they say, this is not what I wanted. So how are you presenting these one of a kind pieces to clients for the sign off? Well, we go through our design process. I mean, I think when we first meet, we do a consultation we kind of discuss what you know their needs are and and that's usually when they give us their inspiration right we ask them for any inspiration and we usually like, like to meet at their house too so we can get the vibe of them and their own environment as well which helps us a lot mm -hmm. and then once we kind of feel like we're clear on what the customer wants we'll go back and do a design we'll create renderings render it out, put it together in an actual probably PowerPoint presentation mm -hmm. where you can kind of see what the wood words. tones you're using, what examples of that might look like, you know, sizing dimensions, and then like a finished product rendering and kind of talk them through that. So like at that point, if they don't like what they see, we can stop it there and not waste anybody's time. I know we always tell them it's like with the renderings, it will look just like this. So if there is anything you do not like about this, please let us know now. Like the colors are correct, everything. Totally. And it's, you know, these days with the renderings, it's like that transfers so much so well into your build process that, you know, it's like it seems like a lot of work up front. But once you have the renderings done, it's like you now have a cut list, you now have an exact blueprint of what you're going to build. And it's like you're probably going to end up doing that process in some form or another anyways. Yeah. So starting with that and, and being able to show a client that before you start kind of clears everything up from the beginning. The external relationship of dealing with clients, of dealing with customers and figuring out how that works is what you need for your business. But there is also that internal relationship of both of you and working together and you're doing this full time and you're working towards one goal, but you are mixing your business and your personal side. So can you talk on that a little bit, how you're maintaining a balance of business and personal and being able to work together and also live together and <laughs> and be married, but come away on both of those things at the end of the day, being happy with what you're doing. We get asked this all the time, to be honest, <laughs> and especially in the beginning um, when we started doing this full time together. I mean, I don't know, like for us, it's not hard at all. I feel like 
Um, we are very alike, but in many ways we're very different. You know, I feel like we balance each other out a lot. Um, She's a lot more organized. I'm a lot, lot more scatterbrained creative. And, you know, so I think, you know, where I lack, she's excels and vice versa, you know, obviously it has its challenges. But like, I feel like but... being creative together, like I make him more creative and he makes me more creative. I think we definitely work better together. I definitely, there are times, you know, it's like, I can't take credit for like all of our interior vision because, you know, there are times where you give me a lot of great ideas and vice versa. And it, I don't know, it just works. We get along really well. Um, I feel like our relationship, our personal relationship is even better now that we are working together and don't have yeah. our other jobs. And- it's a lot of like, you have to have, be able to openly communicate, you know, you have to be able to, give constructive criticism without taking it offensively. You have to be able to like talk when something's not working. She has different roles than maybe I have and kind of knowing what needs to get done and, and, and doing it and, and not having too much pride in, in how it gets done. And or- yeah. Not taking things personally. We, we do work really well together. You know, we just, I don't know. We are really lucky and fortunate to, have a business together and be able to like create a life together completely. I feel like you are both working together and you're in this interesting time frame of your business because on one side, you're very new to this. You've both been doing this full time for a little over a year, but at the other end, you've been doing this part time or in some capacity for a number of years. And so you have had a business for a while, but it's also a new business at the same time. So you're dealing with a lot of conflicting things that you've answered in one way, but are brand new in another way. So you're right in the thick of having a business. There are people who want to start a furniture company. They're at the beginning and they think, this is what I want to do. Just like both of you decided you want to work for yourselves. And there's also people who have been in this for a while. They've had their company for a long time, but they feel stuck. They feel like they're not getting everything out of their business that they could. What's some advice that you could share that helped you in growing your business? Definitely, as I touched on earlier, I think the adaptability is like crucial, you know, it's like you, you have to have a vision and know what you want to do, but you, you just have to be flexible. You know, when, when, like I said, when we started, it was a lot of smaller items and then, you know, that's evolved so much based on like the market and what, what's selling and what's not selling. I think you gotta, you gotta stay motivated and you, you gotta, be able to not give up, but you also have to like keep challenging yourself and figuring out different things and and getting better and, and also just not getting discouraged. You know, you, you, there's so many like ebbs and flows during this like process. Like I can't tell you how many times, like we've been on the verge of being like, you know, we can't do this anymore. Yeah. I was going to say confidence is something that being confident in yourself and your skill um, especially in the beginning, because 
there will be more times after this as well, but there's been plenty of times that we were like, I don't know if we can, if, if this is sustainable, if we can do this and then, you know, it, you know, it's just a mindset and you just have to like get out of it. And, and when you're starting, you just kind of like say yes to everything. everything, like, like every opportunity that comes your way, you say yes. And then you get to a point where you're kind of comfortable and you realize maybe this isn't working or that's not working. So you could be a little more choosy about like what you take on and what you don't. But then if you're trying to like grow and evolve and, and get better, then say yes to the projects that are outside of your comfort zone, you know, like no one to say yes to things that make you feel uncomfortable and challenge yourself that way. And then once you're comfortable, like then you can be picky about what you're saying yes and no to. Well, I think also for us and when it goes back to like in the beginning and starting your business and wanting to start your business is just not comparing yourself to other people in business or who are doing similar things, take their successes as an inspiration, like admire their work or whatever, but like never compare yourself to them because you're going to just find yourself. Why can't I do that? Or how are they doing that? Or, you know, it's just like not a healthy mindset. And that's what I mean about being confident in who you are. Imposter syndrome is real and you can do it to yourself. You know, it doesn't take other people doing that to you. And just being confident and staying true to who you are and believing in yourself, honestly. And one last thing to touch on with that is, you know, this is a really difficult industry. Like it's difficult to make money at, it's hard work, it's crazy hours, it's dangerous. You know, it's like, you gotta be really committed to what you're doing and understand that like, it's not just easy. And, you know, it's one thing when it's like a hobby and you're doing it on the weekends and that's kind of your release to get to work with your hands and stuff. But, you know, when you are doing this day in and day out, it's a grind. And so you also just have to know what you're getting yourself into in this industry. Well, you both knew what you were getting yourself into and you you went in with open eyes and you made it happen. You wanted to work for yourselves and you wanted to have your own furniture company and that was your goal and and you keep growing and keep succeeding and continuing to grow the business and I'm excited to see where it takes you. So thank you so much for sitting down with me today and for sharing your story up until now and I wish you continued success in your business and where it takes you. Thank, Thank you, you so, so much, much for having us. us. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the show. If you liked what you heard and you got value out of it, please think about leaving a review and subscribing wherever you listen. To learn more about the series, please visit buildingafurniturebrand.com and feel free to reach out anytime with questions or guest suggestions to hello at buildingafurniturebrand.com. You can find me at The Build with Ethan on Instagram. Hope you enjoyed the show and can't wait to bring you the next one.